check, 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 check. I wanted to see, let's see here. Because last time I didn't do anything to, to make sure that this is recording correctly. So here we go. Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories began. Good. I did a little did a little sound check before I started this morning. This is Tuesday. Let's see. Uh, it is the 13th, Tuesday the 13th. I am recording today. This isn't uh, a post-recording show. So I guess within that there's a there's a bit of a confession. I think uh, as I started this, I was like, what am I going to call this episode? And I think this episode I will call Confessions and AI, since that is going to be the tenor. <laughs> I, uh, I'm getting to this very late, and there is literally no excuse. Talk about a diary entry, huh, folks? Um, I can't explain it. I don't know if something's in retrograde. <laughs> you know, um, I guess... I guess an omission or confession is, is that if I have room to be lazy, I'll take it. It's a, it's a flaw of mine, uh, a, a sinful place that if there is uh, room for sloth, I will, I'll take advantage. And I, I admit that I, uh, I had an opportunity last week on Thursday to record, but I have to admit that I didn't really have a prospectus yet. I've been kind of trying to see what will happen or occur in a week's time. Last week, I didn't have anything, so I took the day off. I, I genuinely couldn't, I couldn't think of anything that I really had to comment on that would be thought-provoking for everyone and, and kind of a recap of the week. You know, no news being good news. I think that's great. I think the reason why this week it was AI is because I've, I've seen more and more posts about it. I also noticed that uh, my friend Gabe Ripley is, uh, he has a company called Tattoo tattoo now and they are putting out an AI assistant uh, basically a, I, I would imagine I, I can't speak on it with any kind of with any kind of knowledge but it sounds like a, um, a virtual assistant kind of deal which sounds interesting I, um, I I'll admit to everybody that when it comes to artificial intelligence I'm very leery and it's for the reasons that I've already stated I don't really like things that allow me to stay in states of complacency I understand in business it's it's all about scaling and what can help us scale and and all of those things, but 
it's it's much like to me uh, um, if I'm visualizing it like a, a ladder that keeps reaching further and further into the heavens and for what exactly what are you what are you climbing towards are you just scaling for scaling sake or you know in business that's typically what it is you just want to keep scaling um, you know you, you you meet with partners of a business and you keep evaluating what's next, what to grow. And, and whilst I appreciate that on a spiritual level, because I don't, I don't think, you know, even within, even within the, the personal and religious aspects or spiritual aspects, however you define it, I, I like the idea of somebody who's scaling, but when you don't know what you're scaling towards, I think that's where it gets problematic and visually, you know, like I said, a ladder that, that keeps going up, but to what end, you know, it's kind of like you're chasing a dragon that you're never going to catch. And I think that that's important because, you know, I, I, I think each of us have to really know what we want in life in order to actually get it. And I think the thing that I've analyzed the most about myself and about everyone else is that it's not really that we know what we want. It's just that there's this need to always have more. And I think that's very potent in the human condition is to always seek more. Like we just want more. It's not... It's not with any kind of real, you know, uh, rational, like, want. Like, if we, we were to stop ourselves and to say about all the things that we invest our time in, myself included, if we really were being honest about it, you know, why... Why do we spend our time like that? Why do we spend our day like that? Why do we do certain things that we did? Why did we, you know, and, and for myself, I can, I can admit a lot of delinquency. I can admit that when I have room to be lazy, to be irreverent, to disconnect, I do. And, and even so much as how, I mean, the last podcast that I put out, I talked about my consultation process. Now, there's something in there that I have defaulted to that isn't AI, but it is a tool that I utilize that I think is, is helping me bridge a gap but it's also helping me stay exactly where I am. And the thing that it is, is my booking tool. My booking tool allows me to function as an independent person, artist, tattoo artist, without having to hire a person to help, help me scale my business and, and grow a business of multifaceted points to which many human beings are coming together with a common end. And I do think that's a block for me. I do think it's a fear for me. 
I do think it's a comfort zone that I personally am finding very hard to move beyond because of, honestly, guys, I mean, I, I gotta be truthful. It, it's just, it's just a, it's just a time frame right now. It's, it's COVID. It's how much I have, and I'll take per- personal responsibility for it, but how much I have seen what happens when you don't have proper organization, diligence, boundaries, all of these things. I mean, I can talk about these things as if I have some kind of prowess there. I don't. I think most of us can. I think most of us can talk about how things should be, but then when we really come back and analyze what we personally do, there's flaws. There's flaws in that, and and there's going to be, obviously. This podcast is big about giving people um, some break in the flaws that we all exhibit and we all experience. You know, I, I think it's important for each of us to make peace with our limitations and with the fact that in any success story, there's going to be lots of failure before we get where we're going. And that's really what this podcast was about. You know, like I... I wanted to be vulnerable. I wanted to, I, I mean, I, I, honestly, I, I wanted just to keep talking. <laughs> I do enjoy talking and I do think that, um, that I have a gift uh, with sharing perspective with people and opening up their minds and hearts to concepts and thinking that is, uh, not, you know, I think that I can just be that brand for certain people. You know, you have to find your person that can really hook you and unlock these concepts for you. And I think I'm able to do that for a lot of people. And it and it's it is a gift. It is something that I'm really happy for. It's not always appreciated by people because you have to as a person really suss out who wants to grow, who wants to hear critique and who doesn't. And that's really been the the state of this week has been me kind of seeing how people respond to critique uh, or, or at the very least what happens when you ask people a question that is is just it's just kind of, hey, what do you do? And it's funny I'm, I'm noticing what Brene Brown said when she was giving her TED Talk and she was talking about when you ask somebody about love and connection, what you get is the reverse. You get all these stories of disconnection and heartbreak and pain. And I think it's the same when you ask people simple questions too, like you know, what, what is your process? What do you do? I think a lot of times people think that as you're asking that question, that is is simply that, like, what is your personal, what is your personal handling of anything? They think you're asking for advice and then, that, then they tell you what you should do rather than what they do and what everybody should do. 
and how everybody should use their time and how and it's just it becomes this projection rather than it does become a sincere admission or or telling and how does this how does this kind of work into ai well before i go into that i i want to say that you know in in my personal view of all of this is that what we do constantly is think as people that we can save time that that we can that we can maximize it we can save it we can and and there is no saving time time is a constant I mean as I'm recording here there's a there's a red line that keeps tracking all the different seconds that are used up by this conversation right now I'm I'm actively using time right now and and so there's there's no storing it up for later there's no you know you're, you're not gonna make up for it you can't take it back once it's been done now here on this podcast and with this recording I can edit the recording I can I can save you all time listening to me I I definitely can do that but I I can't reserve time and I think we trick ourselves often into thinking that as we scale and we don't even know what we're scaling to half the time that we can do it faster, quicker, and we also equivocate that to better. And I think that's interesting, even though there's all these different stories and parables and, and situations, and and we don't even have to go that far back, you know, we don't have to go, <laughs> we don't have to go into ancient fairy tales or theologic parables any of it to see that any attempt to I think steal time is really what it is manipulate time make it something that it isn't is doomed for failure and keeps us in a place of comfort and complacency that isn't to our betterment. I remember once just to give you guys an anecdotal story and I think I might have said told it once before but you'd have to have been following this podcast for long enough to have catched it and I'm not even 100% sure that I've talked about it before here but one night with a former boyfriend of mine we were in Delaware, uh, near the ocean, and we had just gotten done with a really long day of drinking and playing around and and hanging out with each other. And uh, it was it was late. It was very late at night, and we were winding down. And we were in that like we were we were in an Airbnb that was really comfortable. But you know, like in the early days of Airbnb. Nobody was, like, really affording you cable channels or anything like that. So it was basic cable, basic TV. 
And I think we had like a handful of channels. So we were in the time zone of like the, the like, uh, what do you call them? Um, infomercials where they would, you know, they're selling like every other second, they're selling you another product. And we came to this microwavable fondue pot. And this stands out quite a bit because I, I feel like it really, something came over me in a moment. We're watching this infomercial. We're all like, we're still kind of tipsy, you know, and winding down from the day, hanging out with each other, talking. But in the background is this infomercial. And it it looks cool, right? Like, like what isn't awesome about fondue? You know, you're like melted cheese, chocolate, you know, I've, it's phenomenal. I've had fondue, but every time I've had fondue, it has been with people around me. The whole point of fondue was to be doing an activity with people and communion around this, what we usually have communion around, which is eating. Uh, I think eating is, is, is the staple, like, white flag of the human world is like for right now for this meal we're not gonna we're not gonna be at war we're not gonna be we're gonna discuss things we're gonna come together it's it's the the watering hole so to speak of the human world and uh with with fondue it's 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 really that it's really about that so everybody was watching this and my boyfriend at the time was like oh my god this fondue, this is amazing, this this microwave fondue set. And, you know, both him and I are not thin people. So any kind of investment in something that helps us eat more is not, is not a, in my mind, a, a good investment. Um, if it isn't centered around eating better or eating certain things or cleaning up our diet, you know what I'm getting at, it, it no. No, any, any, uh, quickening, any, any kind of accelerant to the ability for us to put certain things in our mouth is probably not necessary, nor, nor needing to be bought. So we're all tipsy. So it was innocent enough for him to say, oh, we need to get this. Like, this would be great. And in that moment, I just got really indignant and I was like, absolutely not. And I went into this whole soapboxy kind of statement about why we would never do that and why I think it's just sheer, like the downfall of humanity, really, it was within this moment. <laughs> and I was like, who needs microwave fondue? Like, it, it went, like... In what world is that necessary? Why? So you can have fondue all the time? You can you can fondue with yourself. You can have these multiple little little things in this pot so that you can feed yourself fondue. So you can just roll around in melted cheese and chocolate. I'm like, who ever needs that? Whoever needs that? That is not something that a person needs. And we certainly don't need. And I said, you know, I, I think that all of humanity has come down to this, this thing about saving time that, that, that they don't save, they just complicate. 
And then I went into this whole like, and we're going to save time for what exactly? For what? For what? So that we can do what with that? Just so that we can have fondue on the go? I said, absolutely not. So he, he of course, was like, okay, we won't buy it. It's like, I didn't know that this is going to bring out the fury in you, this passion, this fire. But it, but it's, it's really that with me is that, you know, when I recognize something that at, at its, at its core is just going to exacerbate and afford my deviant side, my lazy side, my lustful side, my, you know, all of the seven sins, really, if it's going to accelerate my access and my, my need to indulge those aspects of who I am as a person, I just don't think it's good. I don't think it's good. This week, for example, I had a lot of I had a lot of that afforded to me. I had a client cancel after I had designed for her and and it was all completely fine. It was kosher. It was in the realm of, you know, we couldn't we couldn't predict it. Um, Sickness was involved and you, you can't plan for sickness. It just happens. So because of that, I didn't have to leave the house. I didn't have to do anything. I could have left the house. Um, the first time I left the house this week was really to go to church. And I'm still kind of in that state. Tomorrow will be the first day. I mean, God willing, my, my client tomorrow will be completely fine and we'll be tattooing him tomorrow. But tomorrow really is the first time that I'll have to leave the house uh, this week. And then from there... Uh, I don't, I don't have much excuses until it gets to later in the week. So there's, there's lots can be done in this house. And even within that, I didn't, I didn't tackle a lot of those things. I did organize a closet this week. I will give myself that. I did do laundry. There's very little laundry in the house that needs to be done now. Um, but I didn't, I didn't maximize the time and I certainly didn't uh, do the things that I think I needed to do the most to be healthy. I did the things that I needed to do in order to get through another week and to satiate my work and my clients and my obligations towards others. But towards myself, my own life, I can honestly say, say that I, I didn't do much to scale that. Uh, I made myself feel better in a lot of ways. I, I had good food. I had wonderful time with Rico. Um, we hung out together. We shared insights. Um, last week that I took off, I had a great time with my family. I did a rare thing that I, I don't typically do, which is, um, I decided to spend time with my brother and his wife and their kids just by themselves. And that was really cool. I'm going to be doing that a lot more often because, you know, I, I don't really see them enough. And it's, it's because of all the things that I'm talking about. They're busy. They all have schedules. They all have time complications. And it's really about finding the time and space to come together where it's, it's mutually going to be awesome. And 
you know, that doesn't happen very often or as much as any of us, I think, would like. And it was it was a wonderful time, folks. I, I really had just such a great, great, great time with my brother, his wife, and his kids. Uh, we actually helped... Well, I... We, I, I say we generously, uh, we did not help. I, I guess maybe I did in some kind of way because I distracted his kids a little. But Rico helped, uh, my brother. We we were the first in his pool. Nobody had gotten in the pool yet. And we were the first in his pool. And while we were in the pool, I mean, I helped, but uh, in a way that I, I was really happy to help. Uh, with Jared and uh, my my boyfriend, Rico... I don't know why I say my boyfriend Rico, as if you guys don't know who I'm talking about. My brother Jared and Rico both vacuumed the pool and was able to better do so because me and Aylin, my niece, created this vortex in the, in the pool to, to better help collect all of the nonsense at the bottom of the pool. So it was fun. Uh, we accomplished some things there together as a family and we got to swim. I got to swim. It was all really lovely. I, I felt muscles moving that I hadn't felt in a long time, so that was great. So, you know, there were some things that were done, but, you know, it's it's hard for me in my mind within all the tasks that needs to be done to feel like I really utilize my time well. So getting to AI, I I feel like... I feel like it's like anything. It's a tool, right? Like it, it it can be used really well to aid in certain delivery systems and certain systems to accomplish what we want. The issue is, is most people don't, like I said, understand what they want. So to accomplish wants without a focus around wants is potentially problematic because what it will offer is definitely acceleration, but is it accelerating the things that we want to see happen? Is it going to put us in alignment with what we actually want? I don't, I don't think so. I th- Even with my friend Gabe, as much as I think that this tool that he's offering is really cool and and I don't know anything about it, so I can't really speak with any kind of authority or any kind of assurance about what it does. I'm sure it does do a lot of cool stuff that makes life easier and probably helps uh, people run businesses without having to afford an extra body. Um, which, you know, when you, when you hire people, the goal is in my mind, not to just grow the business, but to create a space where the people in your staff are actually, are actually fulfilled, you know, that they don't want to go anywhere else. And I think that that's my personal hesitancy is that, I've always found that in my experience, I'm very odd. The things that motivate me are not what motivate other people, at least that I can tell. I mean, at least that I see when when I meet a certain challenge or situation, I handle it in a, 
in what I see as, as kind of a different way than a lot of people or, or how I use my time or how I, you know, I relax or take enjoyment. You know, I get into a lot of things that most people are not drawn to. Most people think are just on its face work. But I like work and I, I like being busy and I like that state of movement and having to do something and always having something to fulfill. That That's really nice for me. But that's not how everyone operates. And I think when you have a staff of people, you have to be very aware of the organization and the dynamic of all of those players, how they're all getting along with each other, how they're all, you know, doing a thing together and then also on a personal level like where are they at like what do they need what do they want you know what what their goals are you know are you as a business owner only going to have this person for a season or is your goal to have them for a lifetime you know I I, when I think about this I think about my friend Evan and his shop and when he built it and his front end person She's incredible, and I don't think ever when she started working for a tattoo shop did she see this, what I think has become for her, a lifetime career, a lifetime commitment to this industry that she probably in her head just thought to herself, wow, you know, like, this is a cool job, you know, I could run a front front end of a tattoo shop, maybe get some tattoos, meet a lot of cool people. But I don't think she really thought about it in terms of like loving it the way she does, being fulfilled as she is. And I think a lot of the reasons why she is that is because the people who work at my friend Evan's shop, which is Powerline Tattoo, by the way, in Rhode Island, fantastic shop, incredible artists. Each and every one of them is just unbelievably talented and worth their weight in anything they charge for a tattoo and the whole atmosphere is gorgeous the entire the entire show my friend Evan has really done a phenomenal job but I think that the thing that he really understands is and and it's just him in a big way I think he really understands how to be the kind of person that other people um, like being around, who they they want to please, they want to do a good job for, and and it just comes from every place that he he is. He's he's a I don't want to say a hustler because a hustler kind of assumes that he is he's getting one over on people. I don't think he is. I think it's just all genuine. He's just a person who strives endlessly for more, but in a way that's very pointed towards his goals. And through his goals and through a very um, defined scope, He's allowed for his goals to become other people's goals as well. And they can all see a place for themselves there. In terms of his front end person, Crystal, she's highly valued in that space. All of the artists very much so rely on her being the front end touch point. 
All the customers rely on her being that front end touch point. If ever she were to leave, it would be pandemonium at his shop. She has a value there that is, it's just beyond words. And mostly it's because I think that the vision was clear. We're going to have a tattoo shop. We're going to offer high-end tattooing. These are, these are our expectations and all of this. As we scale, so will every single facet of this shop. And I think that the appreciation of somebody like Crystal to facilitate all of that has just grown with time. I'm sure as she's been there that they have offered her different things to keep her there. Um, I would imagine. I know at my dad's salon, when I was watching him, him run it, you know, you, you have to offer things like that. You have to say, well, if, if I don't offer paid time off, if I don't offer, you know, health care, if I don't offer, you know, these certain things to people that are very, very personal, that will come to play in their lives at a very particular point, if I don't if I don't procure an environment where people can scale their dreams and their lives, they're going to leave. And then I'm going to have to deal with my dreams by myself. So I think that that's the thing is that my friend Evan, he has an amazing ability. I mean, it's amazing to me because I, and maybe I just don't recognize it in myself. I kind of I kind of see it. I recognize it in other people, but I don't. I guess I just don't have a lot of faith in myself <laughs> that I can that I can bring that about in others. And I I don't know why it is. I guess it's just because uh, at this point in my life, I'm I'm not certain. It's kind of like that 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 one episode of Rick and Morty where he's like, oh, my God, you people are so uncertain. It starts fracturing reality. That's kind of where I'm at right now. It's just like I I I. I I know that what I should be seeking is is this kind of consistency, but uh, my my uncertainty is a problem, <laughs> and so I don't want to I don't want to bring a bunch of people into my uncertainty and have them kind of flail around with me as I don't know what to do or figuring out what to do. And scaling for me has been daunting because if you don't you don't really know where you're aiming at then then you're just going to be firing a bunch of stuff loosely and and hitting a bunch of things you don't mean to hit and starting a lot of dramas you don't mean to start and I'm kind of stuck in that right now which is why I think I've always enjoyed working for someone else is because I can really get into other people's vision I think that's why I really enjoy tattooing as a profession is because I'm I'm really drawn to tattooing because it allows me to get into somebody else's story. It allows me to reflect on their goals, their their dreams, their experiences, and it, it allows uh, uh, a space for that. And, you know, as much as I have worked for other companies, you know, small private businesses, the truth of the matter is, is that I have been really... Uh, commissioned by individuals over and over and over again, and they're my bosses. 
if I were to seek a job now in a corporate America world, I, I wouldn't go to the quote unquote owners of the businesses I've gone to or that I've worked at rather. One, you know, the owners of some of the businesses that I've worked at have our family. So I think that's a conflict of interest. You know, why wouldn't they speak well of me? You know, they want me to get a job. So it's kind of biased. No, it, it, it could be, uh, it could be very much uh, the opposite, I guess. Um, I, I do think that uh, my mom particularly would be honest about anything that she felt, uh, you know, good and bad. Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy, but it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's he's he's a wealth of knowledge and I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. But they don't know that. And so automatically, if you have that kind of close connection with people, that's not a good, a good one, you know, to use as a reference. But I probably would contact my clients and ask for reference there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to any of the businesses, the owners that I have worked for, because I don't really know if they have truly worked with me. I think they've employed me, but I get a sense that I've always kind of had a contractor kind of vibe to things. Like, you know, you give me an outline, a set of protocol, and then I I just do my thing with it. And I do it well and I do it, you know, successfully, but I don't know if I really, if I, if I wholeheartedly fit their vision, I think that's the problem. And that's where I'm at right now is that I don't want to go work for another person right now because I have all these visions of my own. I have goals of my own. I'm just trying to bring them into some kind of space where it makes sense and that, you know, the gifts that I have can flourish in a way that will suit me, the world around me, everything, and provide for other people in a way that's satisfactory too. I have that in a lot of respects of, of the clients that I have now, but I do feel like at times I put myself in a very unhealthy rhythm in order to in order to satiate the kind of business that I do currently. And I think that's something to analyze right now and to hack. And I don't think any amount of AI, artificial intelligence is going to help me come up with those things myself. I think that it will be a, um, I, I think if anything, it's going to just put fuel on a fire then I'm not even certain if I want to burn as long as that. 
And I hope any all of this is making sense. It's a diary entry and very free form today. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that this makes sense. But I, I know I'm probably not alone in this. But AI. So why is... Why is AI really come up? I mean, apart from seeing the the AI assistant that my friend Gabe has developed, I also am seeing a lot of this in the art creation world. And a lot of artists, not tattoo artists, but artists are kind of freaking out about this. Some more rightly than others, I feel. Like a lot of big ones, I, I can appreciate the fact that their styles and their their ways of making art are being literally stolen from them. And just like, just like, uh, you know, uh, algorithms that track our movements online and how to better pitch us advertisements and things like that. You know, these people's, these people, these people's artwork and how they make art, the way that their, their mind you know, facilitates their craft is being mapped and then, and then put into these packages for people who have no idea how to create art at all to buy for like 12 bucks and just make all of this art that, that a lot of, that is really beautiful a lot of the times. It's very cool, but there's a, there is a there is a issue with it because I think that just like the infomercial selling the fondue, the microwave fondue, it's cheapening something that is sacred. I mean, people might not find fondue sacred, but I do. I find a space and time where you bring out something, a cauldron to to heat up a bunch of things so that you can invite people over and have a moment where you just connect with each other. I find that sacred and I think that's the reason for fondue is that it allows people to eat food very slowly and over a span of time to where actual conversations can happen, partying, drinking, like you can just take in the whole space and be entertained the whole the whole way through but within that the 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 sacred thing is is that you're you're connecting with other human beings you're you're sharing a moment with another person that's very very informative and i think for the human condition vital essential would be an understatement I think the the big thing that I saw about COVID that I thought it was so heinous was how they turned us, I say they, I, that we were asked to close ourselves in away from each other, that, that having a hug with another person was considered, you know, a violence against them. And... It was unbelievable to me because uh, I, there's just the, no no paradigm of our existence alleviates the fact that we might not wake up tomorrow. There's no assurance that 
we're going to have any set amount of time on this planet. So why, why one paradigm or one moment could be treated differently than the next? It's, it's very irrational. And I hated it. And I, I couldn't believe how many people were sacrificing, sacrificing the most essential parts of human existence for COVID, for just, it, it, it was, it was mind blowing to me that we could be sold such lies and fear and anxiety and we could treat each other that way. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that it was considerate to look out for people and make sure you weren't sharing germs and make sure that you were being this and that and this and that and tiptoeing on and around, or not on, but around all of the eggshells just scattered about. And how that was kind. That was what people considered kindness. That's not kind. That doesn't risk anything. That doesn't put yourself in a position where you might start something and it doesn't put anybody else in a position where they have to accept anything. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. It completely, it, it just, I, I, I can't, even to this day, I can't, I can't overly accept those who take these very, I don't, I don't want to hurt anything position. Well, of course, none of us want to hurt anything. I mean, some, some people do, but, and they'll admit it, but, um, you know, good intentions are the pathway to hell folks. I mean, I, I guess that's the easiest way to, to sum it up. I mean, it's like, it's like the old saying quality over quantity, you know, that's what I'm talking about. You know, AI is just going to create quantity, not quality. And you might think, oh, well, well, the artwork is so much faster and so much better and so much this or that. Well, it depends on what you value, doesn't it? For me, value is held in how we use the time that we have and what kind of memories we make. And it's predicated on this understanding that, like I said just a little while ago, nothing's guaranteed from moment to moment. We could wake up tomorrow and somebody that we care for very much could have just died. In fact, just today I saw how a fellow tattoo artist announced the death of her partner and there there was we, we don't know the reason he looked so 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 young he looked beautiful and healthy and happy and smiling and they had gobs of pictures together it was clear that it it was clear that she is just in a state of shock announcing his death and and, you know, that that's, 
that's what we all potentially face. And I think that we should remind ourselves of that more often when we're making certain choices moving forward, particularly when we consider artificial intelligence. Because what is this all about, folks? I mean, if, if you were to comb the facets of your wants and expectations and dreams, what do they really come down to? Like, is it, is it truly about having certain things or is it about feeling a certain way about yourself? And how is imploring something that thinks for you going to help you get there? It's fine if you know a great usage for it that isn't going to supplement your life in a way that is uh, deficient or negligent. That's fine. But if you can be like me and be honest and say, well, if I hired a virtual assistant, I might not ever hire an actual one. I might not ever do that. Which again, I don't know what I'm speaking about when I talk about a virtual assistant. I, I haven't looked at my friend Gabe's creation yet. So uh, to be fair, I don't, I don't know what it might teach me. It could actually teach me some things. It could actually show me some things that I... I'm, I have a block in right now that I might have a fear in that it maybe it can, it can supplement that enough that I'm not that afraid anymore. I don't know. But what I do know is that in the realms of this art that's being created, I do everything that the AI stuff is currently doing. I always refer to the world around me, to influences, to cultures, to other artists, all of that when I create for my clients because I know what they're looking at because I ask them in the consultation, I ask them what they're looking at and what they're appreciating. And if it comes down to my art, great, because, you know, I just do that anyway, but I ask them what they're into and I look at it and I create something that has never been from the references and the series of things that they give me to look at. And like a computer, I take all of those things, I machinate them together within the parameters of where we're putting it, How, you know, like what, what will be the case when... We tattoo it. I understand the rules of tattooing. I understand what is necessary. I understand these these rules and aspects of art. And what what somebody pays an AI assisted service for, I can do. Now, does it take me more time? For sure. But we have to think about that from a wider lens and a wider look because what are we saving time for if you're not saving time saving quote unquote to better connect and better advance a bigger aim uh, a whole system a whole creation space where everybody is satiated everybody on a personal and business level is gratified 
then I really think that we are scaling in a way that is to our own detriment. We're scaling in a way that is going to rob us of certain things that are essential and that what we're really getting to. So I, I saw a post, I belong to this digital creator space and I saw this post and I want to share with you guys the, um, the comments and what I told this person, I have to find it really quickly, but essentially she was expressing that she was very worried about AI. She was very worried about what it was doing to her profession. I would imagine she's a digital creator and, um, you know, it, it was freaking her out that people are actually paying more for these digital artworks than they might actually be apt to go to, you know, an individual artist. And I, I think for a lot of people, that's, uh, that is pretty, pretty freaky. So I'll read for you her post and I'll, I'll share what I said, because I think, you know, this is almost an hour now. I think this will wrap it up really well and kind of let you guys to the rest of your week with some things to contemplate moving forward. But she said, I, this is a digital artist group. I'm going to leave her name out of it because, you know, you can seek it out if you'd like. But she said, I'm really depressed lately because AI makes everything better and faster than me. How are you coping? Is it an issue for you? And she put a selfie, a self-portrait with pencil, and then an AI-generated image. Now, first, before I tell you what I said to her, let me, let me state that she's a very beautiful lady, as I can tell from the photo. She did a fantastic uh, self-portrait that really turned up certain certain aspects of her look in the picture that was really neat, U utilized color theory that was very interesting, you know, replaced a lot of the, the blacks with gorgeous poppy color, really just, just hit all the notes with her self-portrait. And her self-portrait looked like her. So that was, that was key. Then you go to the AI-generated one, and it looks nothing like her. It's anime. Like it, it looks like an anime person and it doesn't look like any, any person really that isn't, I'd say a teenager, uh, a teenager who, um, you know, is, is constantly stuck in time, has very, you know, like elfish kind of features. Uh, it, it, completely took all of the uh notes and I, and I don't know how this goes if she put her self-portrait into the AI generation and then it came up with what it came up with because if that's the case it had to take her art and create this anime version of her that looks nothing like her by the way it it, it completely changed the shape of her face it made it completely generic in my opinion I I cannot tell you guys how much I love the anime coined girl and boy. Like their look of a girl and boy drives me crazy. It drives me nuts. I 
I can't stand how it's just this. I mean, it's anime. It's a st- It's a. It's a. It's a. A type of animation that is very particular. But why this is a an ideal beauty thing just drives me nuts. It drives me crazy because it's so unbelievably unattainable. <laughs> I mean, it's like this girl would have to literally go to a surgeon and like carve her her actual bone structure away in order to accomplish what this this animated generation of AI created of her. She'd have to do that. And then in order to get the kind of look to it that that the the AI gave her, You'd have to put filters on it. You'd have to wear gobs of makeup. You'd have to make sure that your your lips have that perfect wet glossy to them that if anybody does does makeup can tell you, you do not maintain that glossy look, okay? That gloss is gloss and gloss dries out your lips most of the time. And if it doesn't dry out your lips, you have to use your lips. So just speaking, moving, eating, whatever is going to take away that wet look from your lip. It's not normal nor natural. There's this whole highlighted kind of, you know, those those highlighter palettes. If, you know, you're just a dude, you probably don't know this, but women have highlighter palettes. They're, they're these things with this little bit of shimmer in them, this metallic glint to them that, that gives their skin this, like, I just got fucked Sorry to be crude, but I just had sex glow to them. Like, cause that's what all of our kind of, all of our, I think, beauty standards in the female role kind of go to is, is this newly disheveled, just had sex look. That's what all of the, the makeup kind of applications were meant to emulate, right? Like, like flush cheeks, you know, uh, this little bit of glint of sweat that's all over us, you know, like these kind of things are the things that they are trying to, in the, in the beauty industry, trying to mimic, but all the time. And, you know, it's the same with like high heels, you know, our butts are perked up and ready to mate with and, and our boobs are pushed up into our chests because, you know, God forbid they hang naturally as they're, you know, God intended to feed our children. Like they're not just these sexual objects. So, you know, like it's, it's really a confrontation with the entire beauty industry. And since I was raised in the beauty industry, I, I know how much this is, this has been a, a a false thing for a long ass time, and it, and it, and it has it definitely hasn't started with AI. It's just AI is is kicking it to another level, and you know I think we're all being reduced to this sex cupie doll look by computer generate generated stuff, and it's setting these standards that are not human. But in the past, it 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 didn't. I mean, we've been getting here for a long time, you know, like things that I would discuss with people when I was in the beauty industry, you know, the consultations I would have, it would be like, you know, yeah, I can make you look like that, but can you keep that look up? You know, is this something that you can do every day? 
you know, you're not going to have me every day. So why are your, why are you going to start doing something that you're not going to be able to keep up? You know, those are, those are valuable things to look at, you know, I, I mean, you know, just going, going back in time, women dyeing their hair to avoid looking older, wearing makeup constantly because God forbid you have a blemish or you're, you were tired that day or any kind of, you know, uh, thing that, that somebody could use as shameful or say that you didn't wake up and get yourself ready for the day or you didn't, you know, you didn't care enough to get yourself together um, those kind of things has been happening for a long time. Um, you know, wearing certain clothing as apart from other clothing, you know, I think that, you know, the one thing that I do see about this generation right now is they are, they are challenging traditional concepts of beauty in a big way. Because they're doing a lot of things that are not beautiful. And they're saying, hey, you know, I'm still beautiful. I'm still... But what they really are saying is I'm still a person. I'm still a person and I still deserve, you know, consideration. I, 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 I live and I breathe and I exist and I have a heart and I have a soul and I have, you know, I, I have family. I have... You know, I have all of these things that you have, you know, I have value. So value me. And, and, and I think that as they're doing this, they're also really, 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 uh, indulging this AI crap. There's a lot more video game playing. There's a lot more time spent away from people. There's a lot more Amazon ordering. There's a lot more working from home, remote, remote, remote. And I just don't understand how people can think that AI is going to really make us better. I, I really don't. If anything, in all of the other ways that we have chased this beauty ideal, has it made us better? Has it, has it made us better? And I'm, and I, I can only talk about it in the visual sense, visual arts, because that's, that's what we're really, I'm really talking about here is the visual. Um, if it doesn't, if it doesn't invoke in us this want to actually be around each other and to actually see each other and talk with each other and meet, then it is not making things better. It is not, in my mind, worth sacrificing all of those, those things that truly, truly are, are about being beautiful. Um, you know, within visual art beauty standards, beauty industry, they're about scaling to, to no end. And I want people to hear this and really have, I think, a more appropriate scope of how they see themselves. The beauty industry is just that. It, it's an industry. It's, its whole want is to keep scaling. 
And if it can scale into a space where you're going to have to invest so much money to keep up with it, if you're going to have to wear false lashes every day, if you're going to have to keep a a constant, you know, highlighter palette in your pocket, if you're going to have to dye your hair, if you're going to have to buy hair, if you're going to have to, you know, invest in these these systems and whatever just to to keep relevant. How is that how is that making you as a person feel more beautiful? How can you confront the imposter syndrome of that where you know full well that you don't feel the same way when you go out in public with no makeup and no lashes and no whatever? How do you, how do you how do you confront that? You know, to me, the way that you confront that is by truly seeing other people, truly meeting other people, investing time in not only yourself, but them in a way that isn't about the visual. It's about the connection. It's about the story. It's about what we're all trying to do, what what we're actually scaling towards. And for myself now, the scale is a relationship with God. God is my judge. God is my is my, uh, it's the thing that I want to emulate in the ways that I act as best I can. And that's all looks, that's all faces, that's all ways, that's, that's all experiences, that's, it's everything. So without further ado, I'll tell you what I told her because she was really depressed and her, I'll share with you her response to what I said as well. So what I wrote to her in reply to her distress was this. I like your art better. First, it looks like you and not some anime version. I can't tell you how irritating that looks to me, the animated version, the anime rather. I'm coping beautifully with the introduction of AI. I think it's definitely going to be the leading factor to the downfall of humanity, and yet I feel fine. My secret is what I do, I do because I love it. I don't aim to compete. I make sure that every aspect of the business I do is laced with a rare quality that only I, myself, can bring to the table. AI, like Satan, cannot create, only imitate. It steals from us to craft anything. There will always be humans seeking connection. Don't distress. Art is a connection tool and there will always be those who seek something real, something inspiring, something that challenges what they feel is possible and impossible. As people choose to cheapen what we do with AI, I only see the value of what we bring to the table going up. This all stems from our frustrations within working together. Artists go to art to find control and contemplation. Art collectors come to us to be, despi- to be inspired. They come to be a part of something they know to be grand, a connection with a higher plane. People can think irrationally that they can quote unquote save time, but the truth is they only complicate their lives and move further away from what we seek most love, community, 
and a sense of purpose. I hope this comment gives you peace that you go from here to the drawing board, put your blinders on and get lost in only what you can do. That's what I wrote to her. She wrote back, and I love this reply, and I'm so happy. It kind of made my day, and it's why I really wanted to share with all of you. And forgive me for sharing late, but I, I like I said, I'm flawed, and I, I took advantage this week of my flaws. She wrote, AI art is Satan. No, for real. I appreciate that. Thank you. You said something very true, and I actually feel better. I'll focus on the people who care for original work rather than artificial generated images. I'm going to screenshot your comment and save it in a folder so I can come back to it. And that, that was so sweet. And really with this podcast, folks, that's what I aim to do for any of you. Um, you know, my hope is, is that one day, I mean, you know, the monetary gain of this would be great. Like if I can make money doing this, it'd be awesome. If I, if I can, if I could scale this into something where I, I could show up and talking in front of you guys was my job, I, I would love that. I do have to get better at it. I do have to um, be more organized and I have to admit that no matter how long, which I think it's almost four years that I've done this now, I, I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. I haven't devised my systems and it might be that I'm really trying to reinvent the wheel in ways that are, is inappropriate and it's just, uh, you know, uh, spinning my wheels, so to speak. Lots of movement, but no, no forward movement. But I'm hoping one day that, that my job can be talking and I welcome the challenges of that space and even the scrutiny, even the critique of that space, because I, I, I really like the critique. I really like, uh, being seen now. And I, I think more and more that I'm finding comfort in places that a lot of people don't find comfort. And I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But as it stands right now, I just want to give you guys some perspectives that I think have really helped me, that is allowing me to move and forgive and love and replenish. And I'm hoping that this will, this will hit everybody's day and week in a good way and give you some hope because we are infinite guys. We are, we are so much more than we think we are. I've talked about it here before. Uh, I know that I am possible, you know, like it's possible for me to do so many things. And I hope all of you see that in yourselves. I hope all of you put the blinders on and get lost in what only you can do and turn up the heat of that. And when you approach tools and buying things and buying into things, I hope what you'll look at more than anything is how will it scale the very individual gifts that you have? How will it bring your gifts more to the world? Because that's, that's key people. Like we're all here for a reason. We're all here to invoke something in someone else. We're all here to 
be valued and have purpose. And it's not just to have purpose, but we have purpose. It's up to us to invoke things and to adopt things that will better help us express those purposes. And one last thing that I I added to her comment that nobody else commented on because I know that within the artist community and within people at large, they're just, they get really, you know, they don't really want to comment on the religious or the dogmatic, but this is what I also offer because within this whole thing, I realized that she was, she made me feel good by saying that she really liked my comments or my thought, but, but it's not me, folks. It's not me. I have gifts, yes, and I am learning more and more how to facilitate them and how to bring them out in the world, but it's not me that helped her. It was God. I had to give to God his due, his, his, his glory. I had to glorify God because that's the truth. The perspective that I have now about all of this, about the world around me, about every single thing that is uncertain and scary and just uh, crazy in this world is really being supplemented and satiated and this peace that I have, it doesn't come from me. It comes from God. It comes from an understanding more and more that everything's going to be okay. No matter what's burning around me, no matter what is happening, it's all going to be fine. We're all going to be okay if we understand ourselves, if we invest in our in ourselves in certain ways, and if we pay attention to our connection. And when I say ourselves, I mean, go inward. And what you'll find is probably that you want a connection with the eternal, you want to know that that there's reason that there is something everlasting. There is a hope, there is a love, there is a connection that will not waver no matter what you throw at it, no matter what artificial plastic thing you throw at it, it will not be deterred. And so I offer to her, and this will be the last that I, that I say here. Um, I said to her, one more thing that I want to share, and I know this to be a bit on the dogmatic side, but nothing has given me more calm than an investment in my relationship with God. What I wrote is only true and speaks to your soul because it's God, not me. Uh, Let me find. If we can conceive of Satan and pure evil, then it's possible to know the opposite. Since I've given my life to God and all that I make, there is a joy that I cannot remove from this life, even in the face of tragedy. Tragedy. Everything is more beautiful and meaningful. I would be remiss if I didn't give glory to God. Everything I have is a gift. The art I do isn't just mine, but a collection of influences, people, places, feelings, etc. To be, it would be wrong to own your praise or anyone else's. And that's, that's really what I wanted to, to point out. 
All I know is, is that humans need each other. We are driven by many motivations, and since I've, I've let ultimate love guide my movements, I don't fear what's ahead. May God bless each of us. I know that the spiritual can put folks off, but my hope is that you'll see the power of free will and choose to take what you will and leave the rest. So I, I felt like that was very essential, mostly because it's true. The, the, the things that I gave her, they didn't come from me. They came from this experience that I've had through getting closer with God. And it's God speaking through me, not, not me. It would be wrong for me to claim that praise or to own it. And I've shared with you guys that it, it feels really good for me not to own this life, not to own any of the things that I make, not to, not to own the gifts, just recognize that they are gifts, that they are things that once given, the only way that I'm going to get more is to keep giving those gifts and spreading those gifts and, and turning them up in this world. So again, don't be scared about how things are accelerating. Don't be scared about anyone things and don't feel like you have to keep up with any of it. You know, you're fine. You know, take, take the week, take, take a minute, take a day, you know, and process things until you know that you can offer quality above quantity because it's the quality that matters. It's the quality that people pay for. And do not, do not think that there isn't value to what you can bring to the table because you're here. You're here and you have agency and you have this gift of life. So make it, make it awesome. And I, I'm going to leave you guys with that for the week. I'm sorry that it's taken me so long to get out this episode, but... There you have it. Be blessed, my friends. Be grateful and have a kick-ass week. I love you all. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.